Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mindful Mystics. I am Karen Frazier, and with me, as always, Chucky G and Cheryl Knight Wilson. Hey, guys. Hi, hi good, Karen. Good evening. How are you guys? Oh, good. good. Cheryl, hello. Good. Yeah, we're good. I mean, I feel like I might be better than you, although Cheryl is caffeinated up. So yeah, Cheryl's <laughs> caffeinated up. Yep, she's all Chuck buzzed up. exhausted. Yep, I'm yeah. ready for a nap. <laughs> Cheryl's buzzing. Chuck is on a nap, and I am... Just I'm I'm between I flew I was just telling Cheryl and Chuck I flew to um, Spokane for my mom's birthday yesterday so I flew to and from Spokane in within a one day period so I have jet lag no I'm kidding because for my 35 minute flight <laughs> <laughs> that's a long jet oh, lag there jet. Karen oh my oh, yeah, god jet lag. well plus we're packing we're going on. Um, it's it's our 20th anniversary, me and Jim. Yay, correct. And so we're going on our anniversary trip tomorrow. Nice. So yeah. Exciting. I know. So I'm just in a happy, I'm in a happy, happy mood. Good. Got to hang out with my mom and sisters yesterday. I'm not a little, I'm not terribly tired. I was watching a um, I'm taking a class, an online class, and I was watching videos from the class and was sort of drifting a little bit while I was watching the class. So I'll try to keep my intention, <laughs> try to keep my mind and I'll keep my mind in the game here. You guys. Okay. I, we know you will. I know. Yeah. I know. So today we are going to talk about our good friend, Bob Fountain. So Bob was yeah. on the show. Um, last year, early, late last year, like November ish, right, Cheryl? I believe that is true. Yeah. And, and so um, Bob has, has died and um when he came on the show that's actually the last time that was what we talked about was with him was how what his perspective was on dying as somebody who has studied the afterlife and bob was a, a really spiritual guy um mm -hmm. and so we wanted to talk a little bit about bob and so i thought if you guys were okay i would love to kick it off because Cheryl asked me to write something about Bob for the magazine and I was happy to do so because I actually um Bob called me he called me back um last year and told me that he was dying and he at the time he thought he only had like days was yeah. was kind of the impression I got um and so Bob and I had as we always have had kind of a really in-depth conversation around death and around dying. And he, he really wanted to, first of all, he was calling to thank me because he and I have always had been kind of spiritually simpatico. And so we've bounced a lot of things off each other over the years when we've been working with something or thinking about something. Um, and so he was calling to thank me and to say goodbye and one of the things that it was really important for Bob is what he wanted his legacy to be and how he wanted to be remembered. First of all, and I'll let Cheryl talk about this when I'm done, Bob has written a book. And this book is Bob's legacy. And Bob really um, wrote it as an act of love for his wife because he knew he didn't have much time left and he wanted to have a way to support her. And also he just wanted to share because he had all of this information and all of these experiences and thoughts and ideas, and he wanted to have it out there and leave it behind. Um, and so that was one of the things he talked about that was very important. But then the other thing that he talked about that he wanted me was what he wanted me to pass on to people after he passed uh, as, as his legacy and what he wanted me to pass on 
is that that when when you are dying or when someone you know die is dying have those conversations don't be afraid to talk about death and really have conversations that are meaningful and that there are five things that people should say when they're um, faced with a situation like this or to resolve really any relationship it doesn't have to be a dying relationship right it can be a breakup or it can be a, a end of a friendship or any of those things and that you should say five things to each other and really mean these five things which isn't always easy but and they are um i'm sorry please forgive me i love you thank you and goodbye and um no not goodbye sorry and i forgive you so i'm sorry thank you please forgive me i forgive you i love you are the five things and um i had that conversation with bob and so cheryl let us know uh, let chuck and i know just a couple of weeks ago bob died in january and she let us know that he had died and we actually found out a week or two after he was already gone and I didn't feel a ton of sadness other than that the world lost a really beautiful light. But I didn't feel a ton of sadness about it because I had that conversation with Bob. And so I felt like I had had my closure with Bob. So that's what Bob wants you to know. First of all, he has a book um, and he wrote it to share his love of what he did and also to try and support his wife and that have those conversations say important things to each other whether someone's dying or not say those important things to each other that's very nice yeah I, it's it's kind of the i i, I don't want to interrupt cheryl because i know cheryl wants to talk about it but just really quick i i kind of agree with you on the i didn't feel i mean i was sad that bob wasn't around anymore you know because you know yeah him and, him and i used to kid a lot about <laughs> a lot of different things you know and um but I, 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 I would automatically go right to memories of the, the things we would kid about, and you know, and it would just make me smile. It would make me feel good. You know, it was nice to know that I got a chance to know him while he was here. You know what I mean? So I, I think I took away, I took it away, uh, I took it that way instead of you know being so you know so 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 sad about the whole thing, uh, except for the fact, of course, I'll miss him. You know, for kidding around about our guns and all that crazy stuff. But yeah. By the way, explain what you mean by your guns now. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So Bob and I had this running thing because he was a little bit older than me, and we both worked out. And so we would literally, we would send pictures to each other of our making muscles, you know, making our, our guns. <laughs> and, we, and I'd say, no, I think mine's are bigger. And he's like, no, I think mine are bigger, you know. And it's funny because I'd be like, and he would do this like, randomly like i'll be at home watching tv and i'll get a picture goes, Boop, and it's bob fountain there he is all this is his arm <laughs> and i'd start laughing i go oh really so, then, so I, then i'd have to do it and i'd have to do it back and then we would just laugh back and forth and say you know who's our bigger and you know so, and this went on for a, while, a, a long time i mean it was uh, it was yeah it went on for a long time especially when we were doing um the other show you know underground magazine uh, underground radio it was, yeah it was just it was funny it just cracked me Bob up. Bob had a great Bob had a great way of maintaining relationships even at a distance. That's for mm -hmm. sure. And and yeah. he had his own unique way of maintaining relationships with each one of us. <laughs> I suspect. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that was, for that's sure. That's what we used to do. That's what we did. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's no problem. That makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I wrote something to make it a little easier for me to get through. So I'm going to read you guys what I wrote about Bob. And, um, you know, we can discuss and talk about all sorts of things um, that deal with this issue. But I first met Bob about 10 years ago, I think it was. And that was when we corresponded about his work investigating the paranormal. Um, we quickly became friends, um, which was um, amazing. And I mean, you know, when you first meet someone for, you know, for the very first time, but you feel like you've already known them for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's yes. exactly Bob. Okay. That's the kind of person he is. It's, it's, that's what he, at least for me, that's the feelings that he elicited. Um, so, of course, we publish Paranormal Underground Magazine. Um, you may or may not know that, but it's a monthly uh, magazine about the paranormal, <laughs> hence the name. And other things. It's and not other things. all and paranormal. And metaphysical. Yeah. Right. Yes. Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. Um, and Bob is a fountain of knowledge about paranormal investigation, but not only that, about life, about life's mysteries, about questioning what's around us. And in all total, I counted, he wrote almost 50 articles for the magazine over the years. Um, he also guest hosted on Paranormal Underground Radio and Mindful Mystics. Oh, and, yeah, he did. And he came on as a guest. And I did just look it up quickly. It was in July. If you go to paranormalunderground.podbean.com or iTunes and look up Paranormal Underground, go to the episode titled Bob Fountain and Fear of Death. You're going to want to listen to that. Um, it was a really, really good, touching, insightful podcast, if I do say so myself. Yeah, with a, <laughs> okay. with, with a guy who knew his time was very limited. Yes, and this was yeah. July. This, we published this July 13th of 2022. It was mid last year. Um, but anyway, so Bob wrote these articles and I said, and he, and he first was very, very modest. He's like, I don't write well, you're probably going to hate my stuff. I'm like, send over what you got. So he sends it over. It's good. It's insightful. It, I loved it. And I, I'm pretty sure our readers did too. Um, and so he always, what I loved about Bob's sharing of his knowledge is he always went outside of the box. He always went far outside of the box, right? So he was this free thinker who knew that there was way more to this world and beyond than we could ever imagine. So for instance, some of the titles of the magazine articles Bob wrote for us, let's see, here's a few. Are paranormal, investiga are paranormal investigators asking the right questions? This one I personally love. Do ETs go to heaven? Mm -hmm. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Investigating unseen realities, God and free will going down the rabbit hole, and does death scare you? Um, does death scare you was published in July 2022, which coincides with, with the podcast that he did for us. And um, let me just read a couple of well, maybe more than a couple of lines from this article that he wrote, but there's a few. Here, here we go. Bob wrote, for most, being a paranormal investigator or researcher permanently alters the view of reality. Actively searching for communication with unseen critics 
critics, entities, <laughs> that's a Freudian celebrator, um, <laughs> entities and getting responses through EVPs, K2 meters, or other communication devices makes you seriously consider that there's a non-physical realm where, our, where the conscious energies of deceased people inhabit. Whether it is exclusively populated by the energies of, energies of deceased people remains to be seen. He goes on to say, we collect data that verifies there is an afterlife. It is heaven. It is one of many levels of energy. And do you stay where you are for eternity or move to a higher spiritual level? Or do you come back to the material world through reincarnation? These are the questions we strive to learn. And finally, just because I, I can't read the whole article to you, his conclusion is, Death should not be feared. It's a chance to reconnect with friends and loved ones that went home before you. Um, so if any, if you want a copy of the article or you want, you know, any copies of any of Bob's articles from all of time, just email me. I'd be happy to email them over to you. You can email me at paranormalunderground at live.com um, and I'll, I'll get those over to you. But after reading any of Bob's, all of Bob's articles, I spent a lot of time thinking about the questions he asked in those articles and the theories he presented. And I think he was the epitome of what the paranormal, and not just the paranormal, but the metaphysical fields were all about. Questioning, learning, understanding, and growing. Because Bob was also into the metaphysical side of things, not just the paranormal investigation side. Um, I've even had the pleasure of conducting an investigation with Bob at Bobby Mackey's Music World back in 2016. He, he was so enthusiastic about it. He shared his knowledge about his investigation methods. He shared his equipment with everyone who went without any hesitation. It was fun. It was educational. It was entertaining. And one of the things I love most about Bob was his fun and witty sense of humor. It's it's even a, a you know what I like to say is a wicked sense of humor. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but you know the other side of Bob was he had this analytical open mind that would always inspire me. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I guess the bottom line for me is his work in the paranormal and and metaphysical metaphysical field provided those around him with such wonderful insight and out-of-the-box thinking that he touched and made an impact on everyone he encountered. He mentored um, someone over the recent years, a junior investigator on his team, and um, she wrote something up for me that I'm going to include in the next magazine about Bob that was really inspiring. That was, that was Bob. He wanted to help others learn more, grow, and, and, and achieve. Um, but did you know that really Bob's longtime career was as a special projects ma manager that was primarily involved in process engineering? I did um, know that. Did you know that? Okay. That's pretty no, interesting. I, I, isn't it? I didn't know that. So no. I, oh, yeah, yeah I, I did know that because we talked about that a lot because yeah. of his, you know, because I have that very analytical and I'm married to, you know, a nuclear guy. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, you know, yeah. So, so Bob, when he would write for the magazine or just talk to you, he would, he would present the information with both an analytical approach, but 
also with a huge amount of empathy. Those two traits together are often rare to find in my experience. And so it was, it was really neat to see it happen. And I want to quote Bob again. He said recently, seeing people's realizations and fears over the years has instilled in me an empathy for those whose lives are often changed forever by their encounters with the unknown. Um, that was Bob's journey from the beginning. He, his journey with the paranormal started about 50 years ago after he left the Navy. When he, and he wrote about this. He moved into a rented duplex and right away when he moved in, he started experiencing significant paranormal phenomena. Um, that paranormal activity led him to begin to research the paranormal field and, the meta- and later came the metaphysical field. And so he literally spent many decades researching and investigating the paranormal and the metaphysical. So that's what led him to found his own paranormal investigative group called Spectral Tech. Um, he wanted to help people find answers while also educating them about the paranormal in the, in that process. So I, I'm going to say that I will miss Bob dearly and his impact on the world around him is not over. Um, it continues with, um, the information that he left us and the articles that he left us and the changes that he instilled within us. Um, they're still there. So I'm a better person for knowing Bob and I will miss talking to him. I will miss reading his articles and what, excuse me. And um, when I first met Bob, (laughs) he said, I'm going to read your magazine until you either stop um, uh, producing it or I'm a ghost myself. And it always made me laugh, you know, because that's (laughs) Bob's sense of humor. And I like to still think that he's that he's around us and he's, you know, engaging in in his in a spiritual way and he's he's still having an impact. Um, so that's very long winded. And I do still want to talk about his book, but I don't yeah. want to, you know, when we get to it, let's talk about his book. Yeah. So, but whatever yeah. you guys want to do next is fine. Well, I just I think that that another thing that really for me, I've only known a few people. Um who, when they were actively dying, truly embraced that and looked at it as this is the next great adventure. I'm going home. Yeah. Um, th- that were very open about it. And, you know, and, and I've talked to a lot of people near death um, because just the nature of what I do, uh, often they want to talk to me because they've got some questions, right? And, and my job is to sort of say, well, look, I don't really know because I haven't been there, but this is, this is kind of what I've, I've noticed, right? Um, but most of them are fighting at every step of the way. And Bob is one of two who had a conversation with me about it from a place of peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really did. Con- he really did come at it from that that place of peace um and i think he looked at it as another part of his journey not that he wanted to you know he wanted to go but that he was he was ready to he knew it was coming and he was ready to accept that and to experience the next part of his journey yeah yeah 
So let's uh, check. Do you have anything before we talk about his book? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so Cheryl, you have all the deets on Bob's book. I have the deets. Um, I was extremely honored to write the foreword for Bob's book. Um, and uh, his book is amazing, of course. <laughs> what a, it's amazing. It's, a, it's titled A Paranormal Journey, Insights, Tips, and Case Studies from a Seasoned Investigator. Uh, by Bob Fountain, and he might have used Robert Fountain. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Do you have access to look that up while I talk about the book? I'll look it up. I'll okay. I'll mute myself. Thank you. Um, a paranormal journey, insights, tips, and case studies from a seasoned investigator is a comprehensive look at the paranormal, from how to start and effectively operate a paranormal team to compelling par compelling paranormal case <laughs> studies, as well as a, a a look at metaphysical musings. Mm -hmm. From chapters on how to develop a paranormal team, picking your investigative gear, and basic investigating tips to chapters documenting more than 20 paranormal investigations, which include Waverly Hills Sanatorium, Rosaline Plantation, and the House on Curl Road, this book is an entertaining and engaging read for both the paranormal expert and paranormal novice. Bob's book also touches on metaphysical topics, including near-death experiences, questions about the soul and other spiritual topics. So I encourage everyone to read Bob's book. Uh, I have a copy. Um, of course, I read it. A lot of it he published in Paranormal Underground. Um, he Almost all of his case studies appeared in the magazine in the past. So um, his case studies are a good look at a paranormal investigation and how, how they run it what type of evidence is collected and how they review and analyze it. And so they're really interesting and amazing because, you know, when you read some of these cases and some of these investigations, Chuck, you're an investigator, Karen, mm -hmm. you used to investigate. Um, it, there is a lot of work involved. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> it's yes. not as glamorous oh, yes. as some of the TV shows. No, it's it not at all. No. Hence <laughs> the used to part. Exactly. So, oh, it's so much work. Yeah, it's so much right. work. Right. So, it, you, you know, it's a good look at what happens, why why some families or some businesses need help, mm -hmm. and how paranormal investigators provide that help. So, mm -hmm. and Bob's team, Spectral Tech, I want to give a shout out to. Um, they really, to me, are one of the best examples I've ever seen of a team and how they operate. So go check out their website. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's My Paranormal Journey, Robert Allen Fountain. Robert and, where Allen can we, Fountain. and where do we get this book? Where can we get this? Uh, it's at Amazon. Woohoo! It's right. only available in paperback. It's not available on Kim Kindle. Good, because um, I, I like books. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm um, sorry. I mispronounced the title. I mis misspoke about the title. I said a paranormal journey. You're right. It's my paranormal my paranormal journey. journey. Yes. And um, yeah, Bob Bob wrote this because he wanted the information to be out there. But in the end, what it really came down to for him was that he wanted this to to in some way support his wife financially as well. Mm -hmm. After he was gone. So mm -hmm. that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's nice. And it has a lovely garden on the front. And I wonder if it's Bob's garden 
Because that was the other thing is Bob had a large yard, as I understand it, with very well-maintained gardens. And, and he had, didn't he have a lake, too, back then? Yeah, he and he spent himself? so yeah. much time yeah. um, working on well, and maintaining all of that. One of my favorite stories about Bob is how he had a little workshop out in the back. And he, he had raccoon friends, and they would come through the little door and he would feed them. <laughs> he would feed them. He'd feed the raccoons by hand. He <laughs> like, told wow. me that he would, that hummingbirds would come into his workshop and yeah. they would like be covered in like cobwebs so much that they couldn't fly. And oh. he would remove all the cobwebs and set them out so that they could fly off. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, I know. Good guy, Bob. Yes, yes he was. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to mention about um, the conversation that I had with Bob and the five things um, are, I know some people who do death doula work and they also share those things, uh, those five things or those conversations you should have. But it's also very similar to, and I'm going to just grossly mispronounce this. So please, please pardon my poor pronunciation to Hanu, Hanu Opo Opo. Um, which is a form of, I believe it's Polynesian healing. Um, and it, it talks about in relationships um, that when you're ready to release those ties, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So that those relationships don't stick to us and become stuck emotion, that you actually have these uh, four things. And the four things are, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you and thank you. And I've done this work, even though I can't pronounce it. Hanu Opo. I think it's Hanu Opo Opo. Um, anyway, but I can pronounce Humu Humu Nuku Nuku Apua, which is the, wow. the Hawaiian wow. fish. That's, what that's the heck? A, that's, that is a Hawaiian fish. It is the longest word in the in in the world, I think. Who not Hanu anyway, but Hanu Opo, I, I could Humu Humu Nuku Nuku Apua. Um Anyway, wow. but Hanu Opo Opo, um, I've done this work when I've, uh, because look, we all have relationships that go south <laughs> mm, or yes. that, that yeah. are, we have relationships that are, un, we have relationships that are unresolved. Uh, yes. And every single person. If you are a person who has interacted with people in your life, <laughs> you have, you have <laughs> somewhere a relationship that was unresolved and you may not even realize that you carry that relationship around in your energetic system somewhere might be a little bit in your aura and might be a little in that second chakra and might be some in that heart chakra and that unresolved those sticky threads of energy that you still have with this attachment to this other person they're taking up space where you could pull energy in to heal yourself and to create and to create things in your life. Mm -hmm. And they are the things that come up as your shadows and your dreams and all of that. Right. And right. so one of, one of the processes you can do is you can sit down and think of that person and you put your hands over your heart and just think about that person and then, you know, start, start the process. I'm sorry. And then really think about that. Like, I'm sorry. So what is it I'm sorry for? Because I, you can bet that no matter how big of a butthole that person was in your life, you probably contributed to the 
lack of resolution in the relationship because we all do, right? Yes. Um, and so you can you can come up with that. I'm sorry, and just think that and feel that and mean mean that and feel those that energy starting to clear out. And then please forgive me. And again, feel that. Please forgive me. And then you get to the I love you. And, you know, if you're still carrying the sticky residue, there was love there. The love remains on a soul level, even though maybe mm -hmm. I don't like you very much, <laughs> but I love <laughs> you. And and then finally, just thank you. And you can, again, come up with a meaningful reason why you would be thanking. So, for instance, um, I can be really personal with it. I did this with my son's dad, who is uh, my former husband. And... Um, he is, and I'm not saying this in like the overused version of the word now, but he, he is, was a classic narcissist, um, mm -hmm. like diagnosed. And, uh, and so I sat down and I did this because I, it's hard raising a child when you've got somebody who battles you every step of the way. Right. Yes. And so I did this. I, I, the Hanu, 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 Nuku, uh, now I'm mixing it up with the fish. Anyway, but I, I did there, this. I, I did this with him and and you know, and the I'm sorry. And and I was able to come up with the ways that I contributed to that dynamic, right? The um, you know, the stories that I had about him. And the expectations that I had as a young person getting married and having a, a baby with someone and, and us placing all of those on a person who who really, I, the only expectations I should be placing is on myself, right? And so I came up with all of those. And the please forgive me follows the I'm sorry. And I truly, you know, I'm sure he thinks I'm horrible too. Yeah. Um, and so I truly want him to forgive me. And so, and I just, I didn't do this with him. I did this in my heart because it's an energetic thing and it's for you. Um, and then the, I love you. That one was a stretch for me. I'm not mm. going to lie. I was yeah. like, Oh God. <laughs> um, God. but I was able to find that, right. I was able to find yeah. that resonant kind of coherent heart. No, I loved this man. I had a baby with him. Right. I right. love him because he gave me this wonderful human being in my life, my child. And mm -hmm. so I was able to get there, it, but this took, this is, this one took me a while. Um, just the whole, this whole process. Sometimes I can do it fairly quickly. This one took me a while. And then um, the, the thank you. And again, the thank you for me was super easy. You gave me this wonderful human being. Um, if you hadn't been in my life, I wouldn't have this child who's like, he would be cringing hearing me call him a child because he's 26, but right. I wouldn't have this adult in my life. So mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the ways that I worked with this process, but I really highly recommend it, whether you can pronounce it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and really to start removing. And when I did that, when I got to the, the thank you, I felt like this whoosh and this release of energy. And honestly, I don't, I don't have, like the the thoughts don't pop up anymore or if they do i i let them go mm -hmm. um and it's very it's it's a beautiful way to from your end resolve those relationships that are just sort of lingering yeah yeah i, I think I would, oh, oh go ahead sure. chuck 
No, I was going to say, I just, I, I agree. I agree with what you said, Karen. It's like, I'm not even going to try to say the word because it'll, I'll just sound like an idiot. So uh, we'll just skip the word. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, but basically what you're saying is kind of what I did with my, my ex-wife, you know, because, you know, like you said, I had two, I have two wonderful children from what well, they came from that marriage, you know, and for the most of that mm-hmm. marriage, it was a wonderful thing. It was great. It, it served, it served its purpose. Um, I had, uh, you know, it was great to have a family like that. You know, I, I got to, I got to enjoy that whole aspect of life. You know, lots of people don't get to enjoy, you know, um, and then, you know, how it ended was kind of, you know, rough and sticky and you know about it, but basically I was able to forgive myself, give myself forgiveness for what transpired, even though I still don't agree with how it, you know, what, what happened, I have moved past, I had to move past it because, you know, otherwise it was just staying with me all the time. I would have like dreams and nightmares about it. And even way down Mm -hmm. the road, it was just, it just never went away. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta purge myself of this. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, let's just, let's just do it because, and then if you go backwards from the, what you were talking at the beginning, there are two roads in every relationship. So, you know, when I really sat down and started to look at what my, my, you know, what I played in this relationship, there were many things I could have done better. There were many things I, I probably, you know, put too many expectations. I've learned not to put expectations on things anymore, you know, but I put a lot of expectations. Isn't that funny? And, we both said that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because uh, yeah. and I've learned, I've learned low expectations and no life's going to have challenges and man you you'll breeze through it a much easier than if you yeah. do it the other way you know what i mean so but i agree with you expectations are killer, killer yeah they're, they're, they're terrible <laughs> so but you know i did the same thing i kind of had to come to uh come to terms with all that you know and understand that i had a part that played in that too um you know but now i have to move forward um it's just another chapter in my book for my life on my path but uh yeah but i had to kind of well, I had to forgive myself and let it go so I could just, and now I don't have those dreams anymore. I don't have that, that burden anymore. And, you know, and it's at some level, there is still love for that woman, because like you said, I mean, I, I was with her for 32 years, you know, you don't just not love somebody after 32 years, no matter yeah. what happens. So, yeah. you know, you just gotta, you just yeah. have to move on and, uh, you know, and accept that life is now taking you in a different direction is all. Yes. So before you your comment, Cheryl, I, I have it up. So it is ho opono pono. Ho opono pono. Ho opono pono. Ho opono pono. Say that five times fast. It's a traditional <laughs> Hawaiian a traditional Hawaiian practice of reconciliation and forgiveness. The Hawaiian word trans into translates into English simply as correction. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, boy, that that fit. Wow. Yeah, that sure did fit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. So there you go. Cheryl, did you have a? Did you have something you were going to say about ho pono pono? Um. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even going to try. Oh, ho pono pono. Yeah. Yeah. Going to Disneyland. Okay. Um, I, you know what? It only took me 53 years. No, okay, maybe a couple years ago I learned this. Um, that holding on to hate and anger 
really attracts more hate and anger, at least yeah. for me. And yes. it, it led me to some self-destructive behaviors. And yes. when I finally was able to let this go, um, and I'm talking about, you know, not just one person that I've, that I, the H oh, word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? No, I gave, I gave one example. The H word. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, there are like, many. <laughs> you know, you don't hate a lot of people. No, but I right. felt no. hate for someone for many, many years of my yeah. life. And yeah. it's destructive and it's, it's, it, it's hurtful. And when I finally re let it go, finally, after how many years, you guys nail, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's freeing. It mm -hmm. allows you to move forward forward with empathy and love and there's always you're always going to be angry every now and then come on sure you know, that's yeah angry. but that's, we're human that's beings different. that's different yes. right we're human but living day to day with hate in your heart is very yeah. destructive it's destructive and to you yes yes it was yeah. yes exactly mm -hmm. very self-destructive and so um letting it go um forgiving when it seems like you to yourself you shouldn't or it's impossible because of something that happened it is possible it, it is it's 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 for the betterment of your own soul of your own day-to-day -day living um yeah. to do so and so yeah. it took me a long time <laughs> but i did finally get there i, I, I mean Woo. it takes us all a long time right, right. yeah <laughs> right well, you know, and, and I want to make sure that people understand that this isn't just necessarily for like the big ones, right? No. Um, because there are a lot of small ones too. We carry around stories that we have about like maybe a sibling mm -hmm. um, or parents or, mm -hmm. you know, a best friend or something where somebody has, has done something that makes us feel victimized or hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we, and we hold on to that and we tell ourselves a story about that person. Um, I can, I can, for instance, uh, one of my sisters, uh, when I left my first husband, she called me and she basically bitched me out for leaving my husband and just, I mean, called me some horrible things. And I, this was... I mean, look, I've been married to my third husband for 20 years. So this was a long time ago, <laughs> uh, you know, 30 something, 30, 35. Well, I was okay. I was 22. So that's more than, well. yes, I, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not do the math. Well, let's not do the um, math. It's been a while. Let's not, let's not even do the math, but, but I have, all of my life, even though we mended that fence, right? Supposedly we mended that fence. Um, and we've, we've, our, we raised our kids as cousins and they spent time together. And we, I mean, I just saw her yesterday. Um, but I realized that I was going through my life, even though I had supposedly resolved this, right. And things mm -hmm. were fine, but I was going through life with this story that I had about my sister, that she was judgmental and that she was disapproving and, you know, and, and all of these things. And I will tell you that I used that story for many years to tell myself all sorts of other stories about how I fit within my family and, and um, just all sorts of stuff. And yeah. 
I realized I, I caught myself and I caught that I was having this, this story from this incident that was so long ago, so long mm-hmm. ago, we were both young. She said how she felt. Right. And I right. created this whole world around it. And I finally, I, I didn't do it with her because she would be shocked. I, I mean, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so, so she won't be shocked, but she would be shocked <laughs> if she heard that I, I'm sure she yeah, would be shocked if I heard that I, she heard that I had carried this around all these years and felt just like shame mm-hmm. about myself and shame about who I was. And, you know, like, oh my God, I'm just this horrible person in my family because I left my first, you know, all of these things. And yeah. I mean, so it was this whole big package out of this one little 10 minute incident where I basically told her to F off, hung up the phone and, you know, yeah. refused to talk to her for three months. <laughs> but I, that, so, so it was over in three months. Yeah. But I created this lifelong thing about it. And I yeah. sat down and I did this with that mm. relationship um just one-sided and was able to release that and i've had you know like friends who uh, who have done things that are kind of acts of betrayal right mm-hmm. or things yeah. like that and i've done that when these people come up i immediately when i notice myself like they pop into my mind and i have a feeling some kind of way about it i do this and it's such a beautiful tool for for healing and recognizing and understanding the role you play in every relationship and that you're the one who's choosing to carry it around you know i've i've mentioned here before i was uh, abused as a kid and um essentially i carried that club of abuse around and used it to abuse myself for many mm-hmm. years and I had to resolve that. And you could even do this with your relationships with yourself. Like when you have a time that you did something and you just made a really boneheaded decision as we all do. Right. Um, I like to say I used to be very, very bad at life <laughs> and I was, <laughs> um, but I would, I, I use this with myself. I go back to that space in my life where I was being particularly bad at life and done this, you know, this whole thing with myself. Mm-hmm. And that releases those things. It's very powerful. Yeah, well, because when you carry that stuff around, it's just like it. And then you, like you talked, what you just said about you know every all sorts of different people, relationships and stuff, and it starts to add up just like weight on your shoulder, you know. And you keep mm-hmm. going through life with all this weight on your shoulders, and it doesn't make any sense because even when, like, it was, for instance, if I'm mad at somebody or I'm not happy about what they just said to me or how they treated me, um, I don't ever take the time to think, well, how did they feel about the situation? They're just telling me how they felt about the situation. And why would why is my perception and, and what I have to say more important with, with, than what they have to say? So if, if I do that and I kind of say, okay, well, they're people too and they have their own story, you know, I just have to, I don't have to agree to it. I don't have to like it. But I have to come to terms with that. I have to find some way of, of uh, you know, making it so it doesn't affect me, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, and I can tell you, I'm probably the villain in a lot of people's stories, honestly. And <laughs> the there's mustache. and 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 there's probably just as little truth to me being the villain in those stories as to my yes. sister or my ex husband being exactly. the villain in my yes. stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you just have to kind of, 
You know, I mean, because you're always going to run, you know, like as they say, not everyone can like you. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's okay. You know, and everybody has their their story and everybody has their opinion. And that's fine because that's what makes us all individuals, you know. And uh, yeah. so I just kind of learned to keep my expectations low. You know, if I don't, if I'm not gelling with somebody, just kind of back it up and, and just let it go. And don't really take it to heart too much, you know, because... I'm going to meet someone else that I might actually gel with and we get along. And, you know, life is just such a long path to be able to be dragging this stuff with you, you know? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've really learned um, because of, of all of these stories that I've told myself over the years, mm -hmm. I am, and I know that Cheryl can relate to this because I, I know Cheryl pretty well. I am an extreme people pleaser. Yeah, And mm -hmm. this work has been very helpful in me releasing that need and that desire to be a people pleaser. I mean, yeah. I still have a way to go. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, well, don't yeah. we all? But Karen, we, you and I are a lot alike in that way. I mean, yeah, I, I spent many a time worrying about why somebody didn't like me. And it, yes. it, it, it ate mm -hmm. away at me and bothered me until I realized that that doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no. I, how I act matters, and how I right. present my, my myself and my truth, and how I how I have empathy. And if somebody else is judging me in a way, and they don't like me, mm -hmm. I can't control that person. I can only control myself. Right, because you have to. Yeah, well, yeah, because you you need to love yourself. You know, if you love exactly. yourself and you're and you're good with yourself, you know what I mean? You you see, you know, mm -hmm. all your, your uniqueness, all your quirks, all your good stuff, all your bad stuff, all your baggage, whatever. As a whole, that's what makes you you. If you take any of that out of the equation, you're not you. You know what I mean? So if you mm -hmm. embrace that and you love yourself for it, no matter what, I mean, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever, then when you deal with other people, it it makes it easier to if the, even if they don't like you, whatever, to kind of say it's okay, you know what I mean. I don't need their approval. I don't need, you know, I, it doesn't matter what other people think of me. I'm good with me, you know what I mean. And that's all the way I look at it. So, yeah, and I think that it's important to note, as you said, that everyone is not perfect. Yeah. There's no, nobody no, in the no, world no. that's perfect. We no. all mess up, except we, for me. Except for Karen, <laughs> we all do things that are that are wrong. Look at we yes. all do something that's not right from time to time. Okay, yeah. whatever yeah, that is, at whatever level, it happens to everybody a lot. <laughs> but yeah. you have to be able to forgive yourself and love yourself and mm -hmm. learn from those experiences, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's all we can do. But don't don't punish yourself because you screwed up. Okay. Or because somebody, or even worse, because somebody else mm -hmm. screwed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we punish yes. ourselves. Yep. Well, yep. you know, it's amazing to me as I've really leaned into this work. And I, and I think I mentioned that I have, um, that I've taken the last 90 days off. And a lot of this has been sorting, uh, not like from work, that would have been awesome. But <laughs> from from being author Karen Frazier, right? From mm -hmm. um, all of the classes and the books and the the promotions, and I just I just shuttered shuttered the house for ninety days, and um, because I had come to this place where I was exhausted, 
And I, and I really needed to take the time to just tune in and figure out what was going Mm -hmm. on with me. And what I realized is, look, I do this work and I teach people it and, and I write about it and I think I'm pretty good at it. And I, I think that I help people. And yet here I am in this place in my life where I have all of these stories that I'm walking around with that I'm using these stories to hold myself back. And isn't Mm -hmm. it amazing how many stories we tell ourselves and how we use those things to become roadblocks when if we didn't put that energy into it, Mm -hmm. can you imagine if we like remember last year um, or maybe two years ago now, I can't even remember when they were building the houses next door. Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy was blocking my driveway. And (laughs) I mean, and I was just beside myself. Jim has a heart condition. Um, mm-hmm. it's really frightening if they the driveway is blocked for hours and an ambulance couldn't get up to the house, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I mean, it consumed me. And one day I was like, holy crap, this is consuming me. Nope. And I just let it go. And you know what? The houses got built. Jim didn't have a heart attack. The driveway was blocked sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I just, but it was like, I made this decision because I was using all of this energy on this story that I had about this guy was a jerk and all he cared about was money and he was destroying my property and he didn't give a crap if my husband died. I mean, and I had this whole story from, from, you know, one conversation with him where he basically told me all those things, but, (laughs) (laughs) but still, (laughs) but I had this whole story and it, it took so much of my energy and it, it it took my adrenal glands, which, you know, are like, uh, were depleted from COVID my dad dying and my dog dying and right. All of these things. And it took him depleted already depleted adrenal glands and just absolutely laid waste to my energy. And the outcome was going to be the same, whether I can, I raged against the machine Mm -hmm. or not. And by the way, Mm -hmm. I've done the Ho'oponopono with uh, about that guy too. (laughs) Oh, nice. The train's coming. Yeah, yeah you, you hear the train. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know that's so, you're, you're, it's such a true statement what you're saying because it's like if you were just to, in a situation or any situation to put yourself in a little bubble so you're not in that situation. Like take yourself out of the picture and watch the outcome. It, you know there could be some shifting and changing of how you get to that outcome, but. The majority of the time, the outcome is still going to play out the way it's supposed to play out, you know? Yeah. But what you don't realize is that you don't, when you're in a story that you're telling yourself, you don't recognize you're in that story. I, yes, that's so true. (laughs) Until you can zoom out. Yep, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I would, I would agree with that. Yep, 100%. So I would encourage everyone to think about, because we're all in a story of some kind we're telling ourselves right now. I am, you guys are, anybody who's listening, we all have a story we're telling ourselves about someone or something, and we're wasting a ton of energy on it that we could be using to put love out into the universe or to put love into ourselves or, you know, create things that we choose in our lives or any of that stuff. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, we got to really put your, sometimes you just have to put yourself out there with people and, and uh, you'll find more often than not that, you know, 
you know, like when you're in the grocery store and you're helping somebody out or you're, uh, you're at the laundromat and you're opening the door for someone and they might look like the crabbiest, meanest looking person. Like I had this lady that I was in the laundromat and she looked like she was going to kill me and I didn't even know who she was. But then I, I opened the door for her and everything and all of a sudden she had a smile on her face. She was all happy, you know, just a little, you know, uh, care and how you deal with people makes a, a, a world of difference, you know, so. Cheryl, you went quiet. Cheryl, we lost Cheryl. Oh no! I'm here. No, I thought maybe I, I think she, she put it on mute and ran to the bathroom. <laughs> I was on mute. I was on mute, but I am here listening. Sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, here. It's true. No, I, agree I, 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 yeah, totally agree with you. Um, okay, so Karen, remember hmm. when we were in Sedona, Arizona, recently? What? Yes, I do recall. <laughs> you remember that? Okay, I yeah. do. So we visited this crystal shop. What was the name of it? Was it like the magic I wand or did, something? I, I can't did, remember. Um, did, did we go? How many? Did we just go to one? We just went to one. If you can believe that. Did we go yeah. to the, the purple? Was it the purple one? <sighs> did you say it was a magic I, wand? I can't, I, it's that's not what it's called. I can't remember like what it's called. Club. I it was a little. Remember. It was a little purple one. <laughs> Chuck, I just what? got that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you just said. Um, well, we'll have to find the name and let you know. But it was an amazing shop. Um, I bought while we were there numerous things. Chad came away with a boatload of crystals. But anyway, I bought an opalite wand. Crystal magic. Which, crystal magic. I was close. <laughs> okay. Um, I said the magic wand. So. Wait, that's not even close. Anyway, so I bought an opalite <laughs> wand. Okay, it called out to me. I'm like, that's mine. So I got it. It's for it's for help. It's helpful when going through changes in life. Opalite helps to make smooth transitions, increases personal power, confidence, and self worth. And I have been since we're kind of talking about you know personal power, self worth, yeah. that kind mm -hmm. of thing is related. Yeah. I have okay. I have been using this wand regularly. Um for personal manifestations and empowerment i've also been using it for trying to heal others and heal others in like a spiritual sense not a medical sense and i love it i recommend that like nice. these types of practices because i i haven't actually had a tool that i've used like i've done my own work just myself no, yeah. no outer tool no mm -hmm. you know but this wand has really brought it to another level and while we're talking about these you know self-empowerment self-worth type type topics that's really helped me personally that's cool that's, yeah that's really cool you're well, like a harry potter yeah yeah, yeah well, totally so, <laughs> yeah with the wands so and the magic crystals, <laughs> i wish i could do magic i wish <laughs> i could do I magic i can't you but, can you know, do I magic i i do like um I do. I still send out my white light of love and protection and positivity to people, friends, family, yeah. and the world. Yeah. Do you do? Do um, you do the heart math, Cheryl? Do you do no. heart coherence stuff with heart math? So I heart didn't. math, um, they have it's it's. You can learn how to do it for free on their website. I think it's just heartmath.com. Never um, heard it's of it. Heart coherence training. Oh, it's okay. amazing. I need and, to look at um, it's heart coherence uh, training. And what you do is you basically it's it gets your heart and your brain waves in coherence so that you can generate a field of love. And it's really mm -hmm. easy. I can tell you how to do it right now, but you really go look up on heart math. Um, you basically just focus on your heart and you mm -hmm. breathe deeply in and out and 
breathe into your heart. And so feel that breath going in and out of your heart. And when I do it, it feels like my heart is breathing. It's, it's so mm. cool. And then experience an elevated emotion, whether that's love or joy or gratitude or compassion or whatever it is, while you're doing this breathing in and out of your heart, just experience an elevated emotion, even if you have to do it by calling up like your puppy, right? Or something. Mm -hmm. um, and just sit in that for three to five minutes longer if you can. And it generates this beautiful, coherent field. And the benefits of it will last you for several hours throughout the day. Your heart and brain are in coherence. Usually we're very out of coherent because we live in a very stressful world. And just mm -hmm. the coherence between your heart and your brain is amazing. Our, I have the website up. Oh, I'm going to check into this. Thank you. Yeah, they have a free, they have like a free class that you can sign up and take. And I, okay. it's, it's like maybe an hour out of your day. It, it says mm -hmm. it's 10 chapters, but they're like 10 minutes each. Right? Okay. <laughs> so it, it's not bad, but it's, and um, it's a great tool. I actually do heart coherence uh, when I get up in the morning. When I first wake up, like even before I get out of bed, I do about three to five minutes of it. Um, unless I have to pee, then I'll do it afterwards. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you're an, you're an old person too. You know. Yes, that I know. You just yeah. You know that sometimes you have to get out of bed. So yeah, I do, you gotta go. I you gotta go. Yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah, and then I do it before I go to sleep at night as well. And then I'll do it like after something stressful, like uh, or mm -hmm. like if I. If I don't, you know, if I have a weird interaction in traffic or um, mm -hmm. things like that, I'll do it then as well. So I, I usually wind up doing it maybe five or six times throughout the day. And it just changes the energy. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. So what, where, is, where does this method come from? Uh, the heart math. It's actually they've yeah. studied it. But where, yeah. where was it first developed? Who, who developed it? Where, where did it come from? Do you know? The Heart Math Institute. Okay. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. They, I, I, I would imagine it's something I was doing. Um, so it's something I was doing, just yeah. doing, and then somebody was like, "Oh, that's heart math." Oh, okay. So, so like, oh. well known. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, because cool. I was just doing it, and I was talking to, to somebody about it. I was like, "Oh yeah, I do this." They were like, "Oh, you're doing <laughs> heart coherence. That's heart math." I was like, "It is." So I, I think that this, these kind of tools, these kind of methods are really cool to learn about. But I yeah. just want to say anyone anywhere can do it themselves by just to, what I think yeah. they can just emanate whatever feeling they want. If it's love, if it's yeah. you know, guidance, if it's protection, if it's good health, if it's prosperity, you sure. can emanate that out from your own being and affect those around yes. you. I agree. You absolutely yeah. can. You don't need to yeah. be a Reiki practitioner. Right. Um, no. You don't need to have crystals. As a matter of fact, one of the things that, that I really have come to understand about all of these lovely things that I write and teach about, right? Mm -hmm. Like crystals and Reiki and, and energy healing and all of that stuff. Um, what I've come to understand is that these are tools of intention. Mm -hmm. And they are vibrational reminders of your intention for yourself. It does not mean that they are going to do it for you. Come it out. means that they are going to vibrationally assist you mm -hmm. as yep. you do the work. Yeah. 
to bring yeah. about change in your life. Sure. And well, by doing the work, I mean, like, I don't know what kind of work other people do, but I do the work. I get up mm -hmm. in the mornings. I'm not even going to tell you what time. Um, and I meditate for a couple hours before I start work and I do the heart coherence and I do the, I do all of this stuff so that I am going to be in a place in my day where I can mm -hmm. express as my best self. I give myself the best chance of not being in a big giant, you know, wanker. <laughs> the day. Being a that's a professional term wanker nice <laughs> karen awesome. got to use don't, wanker during the yeah, podcast don't be, don't be a wanker have intention don't be a wanker oh <laughs> uh, it's funny well it's just like with manifesting it's the same thing people think well, i'll just you know i'll think about it and it'll just all happen it's like well <laughs> no you manifest no. you have to take action too you have to be you have to be part of the process yes because that's how you it are works. the process yes that's, that's right. what i mean you can't, you can't just, just go just, you can't just say affirmations okay done. yeah yeah done okay give it to me because <laughs> then you no, know and not only that but you have to actively monitor your thought sure. you have to be the observer yeah. of all of the crap that flows yeah. through your brain throughout the day. And you have to yep. catch those things and change those things. So for instance, if you're trying to manifest, this is just an easy one to explain. So if you're trying to yeah. manifest mm -hmm. prosperity, right. Mm -hmm. And abundance, right. Um, you have to, you don't just get up every morning and say, I give thanks that today I am prosperous and boom, you're magically prosperous, right? You <laughs> yeah, have right. to, when the bill cut, when you, when you see that eggs are up to $12 a dozen Sheesh, or whatever they Lord. cost right now, yeah. you, you don't, you, you, you don't have, if you catch yourself having thought, oh my God, I can't afford this. You have to change that to, you know, your whatever, that elevated emotion of what you would feel with prosperity. Right. And if the bill comes in the mail and you think, oh, crap, here's my credit card bill. It's so high. You can't, you have to, you know, or you think about your taxes or whatever it is. All of these opportunities, these are all, all of these things that you come up against where you have lack consciousness thoughts mm -hmm. instead of prosperity consciousness throughout the yes. day. You have to change those. You have to yes. catch yourself. Yes, I know. Uh, yes. Otherwise, you said confusing. You said confusing messages to the universe. Yeah, and it's just like, do, do, does he want it? Does he? I'm really confused up here. You know what? The, yeah. Wait. What? What? what what's he saying? Yeah. What's he saying? He's such a wanker. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, but the fastest formula is that you also combine it with elevated emotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so love or gratitude or things like that, those are what really magnetize those things to you. Because if you're feeling gratitude for something, even though you haven't received it, it's a very clear and strong signal to the universe that you know that it is already yours. Right. Yes. I've, I, yes. I, I, I know that quite well. If you have to, when you're visualizing something, you must visualize that you already have it or you've already done it or it's already there because it's it's that's part of yeah. the, the whole process it's, you know it's the i am statements it's mm -hmm. like it's already happened i am but you also have to feel it yeah. when you say i am prosperous True. if yeah. you're sitting there yeah. i am well, prosperous yeah. <laughs> and you're feeling pissed off yeah, yeah, you know not. yeah no <laughs> i am prosperous i am prosperous damn it, damn it. Prosperous. Damn it. Yeah. yeah jerky universe yeah stupid wanker Oh. oh lord i think bob would have liked the inclusion of the word wanker i yes, do too. i think so too 
<laughs> I, well, it's funny I when think... you guys and when you guys were talking earlier while you're talking away there and stuff and i i was able to not you know i was not part of the conference i got on there and i ordered bob's book so i, I can't wait to get it now I can't wait to get it uh-huh, in the mail. Awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to share that too. I'm going to share that on my pages and stuff too. And help, yeah. help out, you know? He, he would really appreciate that because honestly, like that was his, uh, with all of that, we talked about all these really beautiful things, right? Yeah. And this yeah. piece that he had and this, this kind of excitement that he had about figure actually learning about mm-hmm. the stuff that he's been studying and, and right. And it's not learning by the way it's remembering, but, right. um, but you know, that he was so excited for all of this. And that was the one thing where his energy was very different. And he was like, look, I gotta, I, I gotta get this book sold to people mm-hmm. um, for, you know, for my wife. And I said, we'll talk about it on the podcast. I know Cheryl will do it in the magazine, yep. you know, yes. anything we can, anything we can do to help. Sure. Yeah. I'll put it on my website. I'll put the, like a, a way you can click to it on my website and on my pages and stuff and help that as well. So I'll talk about it on my, I got a TikTok show on Fridays. So I'll talk about it there too. So. Oh my God. You're everywhere. You're everywhere. <laughs> TikTok. Yeah. I do Fridays from nine to 10. I do just whatever show, you know, paranormal, metaphysical. Hey, whatever, how, how's this? How's it? How's this? You guys. If we have any listeners left at this point in the podcast, all right? Get ready. <laughs> if you write, if you email me, the first five people who email me at paranormalunderground at live.com. This is Cheryl talking about yeah. Um tell me that you want a copy of Bob's book. If you're the, the one of the first five people, I will mail you a copy of Bob's book. Okay. What? Oh. Whoa, nice. Okay, so, so if you've been listening oh. for an hour. You win. Well, if you're the first if, if you made it you through win. all of this, <laughs> if you made it through all of this, you make it sound so terrible. <laughs> if you made it through made it the whole hour, the, yeah. If you made it through all of the okay. uses of Wanker, you heard it. Yeah, you heard it here first. Get yes. Bob's book, first five. Ooh, Email me. That's a good deal. Do it. Love it. Do it. All right. Do it. So we have come full circle. <laughs> we started with Bob. We're back we to Bob. It's wow, been yes. about an hour. We love you, Bob. Yes. We love yep. you, Bob. And, love you, Bob. Um, so the other thing Bob told me is that he was going to try like hell to communicate. He so, did. Nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do some Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Through. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you of know, if we he can't do it, that. he's going to do that. You know what I mean? So, Well, you know, Cheryl and I, when we, when Cheryl, Chad and I did the um, Estes method thing, I know yeah. we were just winding up. When Cheryl Chad okay. and I did the Estes method thing, um, it was shortly after my friend Rob had died. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob St. Helen, who's also been on the show. And mm-hmm. uh, he came through. He came through. Like he was, he was oh, like nice. being strongly. Like I heard his voice on the, I heard really? his voice on the head. So yeah, the first time he just said, I'm here. And that was when we were at the bridge, Cheryl, remember? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we were yeah. doing it on the porch. Uh, we were doing it again on the porch at the Airbnb where we were staying, which I'm sure didn't freak out the innkeepers at all. But that's <laughs> yeah. neither here nor there. Um, and he kept, like, he was very insistently coming through. And, like, I wasn't even telling Cheryl and Chad and Robin some of the things he was saying because he was saying stuff like get her out of here don't let her do this stop he was this. trying to protect um you karen from a very yeah. negative from a very because there's this really yeah. nasty guy who was saying really nasty stuff oh yeah. okay um, 
Yeah. Well, yeah. But, well, while we were well while we were doing the show, I ran an I've been running an app. Well, as we were talking about Bob, and in my head I said, Bob, if you can come through, talk through this app. It's a new app that I have that you have to reverse it later to hear what they're saying. Oh, and it's like, oh. and it comes through. It comes through super clear, and it comes through concise. Wow. Like, talk like it's like memories of spirits. It's really creepy. I mean, but cool. Bob would dig that. Yeah, so you so have to. I, he would. You have to yeah. listen later. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna listen let a little bit know. later and let see what happens. Know. Oh, I will. Karen, I'll let you know. Yep. But, Karen, have you had any contact yet? Um, no, but I feel okay. like, uh, well, first of all, I've really been focusing away from contact with dead people. Um, yes, because, you have. Okay. Because it was, it was, uh, it it felt draining to me and mm -hmm. to my energy in a place where i'm really excited about renewing my energy and just feeling as strong as i felt in, in five years since my dad died um mm -hmm. and all of that stuff and so but i also my sense with bob um he'll come in a dream because he knows that's okay and yeah. my sense is right now he's two things he's he's very focused on his wife and his concern for her mm -hmm. um and he's also just like taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like he's That's, excitedly yep. having right. he's excitedly <laughs> having an experience. And yeah. um, I do suspect that I will hear from him. Um, and I suspect that we all will. So I'll be interested to see Chuck if he comes on the on the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna do that in a little while just to see what happened. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank All you. right, you guys. Okay. I feel like we've done it. What do you think? We, yeah. yeah. And I and I have a guest lined up, you guys. <gasps> what? I, mean, oh, I haven't what? mentioned it. Sorry. I know. Amazing. So so let me just announce it now. We're we are gonna have on our friend Ian White uh next time. And Ian is a regular contributor to the magazine. And we're gonna talk about let's see, where's my list of things we're gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about he wrote, by the way, um, several books, uh, one of which is called Witchcraft and Black Magic and British Cult Cinema. Mm. And then we're, we can talk about so many things that he's been involved with. Uh, we can talk about the Omen House, which he investigated and I'm about to publish an article about. Uh, like um, Omen, the one in, you mean, like. Yes, the, the CeeLo Drive down the street. Thank about you. 150, the haunted, very yes. haunted. Omen House. Uh, okay, feet I, I didn't from... know if it was O M E N or O M A N. That's why I was a -N. asking. O M A N. Okay. David Omen. Yeah, it, David Omen called the Omen House, but it, it was this, it was right next door to the site of those horrible. Um, yeah, the Charles murders. Manson murders. Charles Sharon Manson, Tate. Sharon Tate. Yeah, all yeah. of that. But but Ian investigated there recently, and um, so we can talk about that. Um, he can talk about his. Um, interviews and investigation on the Queen Mary. He says we can talk about the dodgy second Saturn returns, which is very much on his mind right now. Um, it, okay, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but egregores. Um, Ho'oponopono. Uh, yeah, magical <laughs> resistance. And egregores is, to me, if I'm understanding it correctly, is similar to the tulpas. All right. Oh, oh, got now you got cool my stuff attention. to talk about. Yeah, Magical resistance now. because uh, Ian's interviewed um, the magical resistance people and then witchcraft in movies. So well, there's so much stuff we can talk with Ian about. Wow. All okay. right. Excited. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So in our, in our show notes, for those of you who are still listening, we will put, <laughs> um, we will put 
links to heart math mm -hmm. and Ho'oponopono and to Bob's book. Yes. Yes, we will. Good. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Excellent well, I'm day. excited. Uh, we have a guest coming up. I am excited because, you know, this was the last thing I had to do before we take off on our trip. So, hey, have a wonderful trip. Yeah. Thanks. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I know nobody thought it would last. <laughs> Listen, you probably 20, 20, 20 years. Probably 20 including years. us. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you did it. I did it! You did it! <laughs> oh, the other one, the other one, let's see, one lasted two years, and yeah. the second one lasted like seven. So wow. every time hey. a little better. My next one's gonna last like 40, I'll be like 110. <laughs> you hear that, Jim? Did you hear it? Oh boy. <laughs> yes, he's standing in the kitchen. He's standing right there. My, my, um, I was going to say, or hopefully this one will last for you. There you go. That's there you go. There, there you go. There you go. Nailed it. All right, you guys. Talk to you okay. soon. Okay. All, right. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.